G'day, and welcome to the Hunter's Campfire Podcast. My name's Mark, and along with good mate Ian, we're here to help with all things hunting. If you're looking to start, but don't know where to begin, you want to make the most of your next trip away, or even plan to hunt of a lifetime, we've got something for you. You'll find our podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and plenty of others. And if you want more, head over to our YouTube channel, The Hunter's Campfire, where we have plenty of how-to and hunting videos, along with the full video production of every podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and good hunting. Good evening, sir. Hello, mate. And how are you this evening? Oh, we've just uh, been belted by one of these awesome late spring. Is it spring? Yeah, it's still spring. Just late spring storms. We had a big uh, hmm. hail event that was supposed to come over that just turned into a torrential, torrential downpour. So just finished mopping up that mess, but that's okay. We love the rain. <laughs> Yeah, we got we we got a bit of rain, but no storm. It looked like it was going to give us something a hiding, but no, we just got some good rain, so which is good. So yes, um, but it's going it didn't drop the temperature down any, which is a bit disappointing. I was hoping it was going to bring in some cool air, but didn't work that way. Yeah, no, no, it's amazing up here. We've gone from serious drought to fluorescent green in a week. Mm. Just amazing, you know. I was uh commenting that I was irrigating one of my paddocks because um, I, I threw some seed out to pasture improve a few acres and I was irrigating that just to give it a head start and it just sort of keeps it, you know, gets it going and whatever, but then the rain comes and just pff, nothing beats rain. No. You can irrigate as much as you want, but nothing beats the rain. I was having the same conversation, well, not the same conversation, very similar conversation today, how green it is at the moment around here. Hmm. Considering we're in El Nino, he hasn't turned up yet. It would appear <laughs> summer will be dry. We reckon but that's they keep, all right. Yeah, they keep saying the twenty four is at the right time, but at the moment it's uh, it's very green around here. I have to, I'm into the mowing the grass once a week cycle at the moment. So yeah, well, yeah. anything interesting and happened during the for week? For those listening, oh, I was going to say for those listening, Johnny's not here. Um, got his pants caught in the wire. <laughs> stuck stuck in the wire. Gold stuck in the wire. Love it. God, that's it. So no, John is not here. He's uh he's uh, I think he's in Sydney, to be honest. Or he's he's either in Sydney or he's in transit back to Brisbane, one of the two. But he's not yeah. here tonight, so it's just us two. Um for the week for the week. I suppose the interesting news is we finally started to put stuff on our pre blooded page, which is a page which is an odd name, but anyway, on our websites for the stuff that we're selling. And um, it seems to be very well received. We've sold some stuff already, which I was a bit surprised about. In fact, I was, there's a couple of items here ready to go to the post. So if you're listening and you're looking for some quality gear um, at bargain basement prices, uh, check out the pre-blooded page. I've got a pack on there at the moment. You, you had a pack that's gone. You had a hammock that's that gone. It, it lasted uh, yeah, a couple of hours. There's the a couple of – there's – I got – I think there's a scope on there, but it's, a, it's an air rifle scope. It's a, little, it's a good little scope. It's an air rifle scope. There's a couple of um, shooting sticks. There's another meat processing tool, and there's a new pack, and I'm going to drop some very, very nice knives on there on the weekend. But they and... weren't cheap. 
They won't be cheap, but they're very nice. Yeah, and don't forget my spotting scope. There's a spotting scope. Oh, that's there. right. The spotting scope on there. Mm. Which is uh, the Vortex. Which one is it? It's the Vortex Razor HD. It's a 27 to 60, which is a massive zoom. I actually bought this for a trip to New Zealand um, mm. and used it over there and then haven't really used it since. So uh, it's up for grabs. And I, I guess a, a point to note about this site, uh, all the gear on there uh, is ours. Like it's it's marks mm. or mine. That's right. Um, we're only putting stuff up there that's of, of um, good quality. So, you know, if you're buying something, it's in reasonable nick. It's not just a and every man and his dog flogging some some product um, on the page. Uh, although, as much as we'd like to, it, it's very difficult to be able to control other people's quality of product if we do decide, you know, if we were to decide to put it up there. So we're keeping it to our gear. There's quite a bit of stuff that's floating around. Um, so if you see it up there, you'll get it for a good price. Um, the Vortex Scope, for example, uh, somewhere around 2900 bucks new if you go to a, go online and have a look at it. Um, it's in as new condition for fifteen hundred bucks, so you're getting a really good price for something like that if you're in the market for, a, you know, a, a pretty good spotting scope. So yeah, have a yeah, look. Yeah, the out. pack I put on there is uh, it's all it's basically minty. It's minty condition. I only I think it's yeah. only carried one or two animals. That's it. Um, just yeah, mine so mine carried gear to the territory and carried yeah. dust back from the territory. <laughs> okay, um, so, so that's um, it. <laughs> Yeah, there'll be. Uh, I think Graham's Graham's picked that up. He'll inherit a little bit of Northern Territory dust with it, but not too much. And uh, one of the a couple of the, well, one of the knives is actually um, uh, they're they're collectibles. They'll be up. You'll they'll be up this week sometime. They're 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 Puma collectibles. So if you're after a really 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 nice knife, I'm going to stick a couple of my. I'm going to reach into my collection and and pull a couple out. Oh, we hey, be torches next. No, I don't think so. I don't think that. No, no, no. I've, I've got far more. I've got far more knives, and I've got torches. Far Fair more. enough. Well, Actually, I just bought another one. I just bought another one. That's it. I just bought another torch. Of course, you did. No, I bought another uh, knife. Bought another uh, badge made. So, uh, a friend of mine in the states, Jake, if you're listening, hey buddy, uh, he sent me a um a, a, a message from a messenger, Facebook messenger. Uh, one of their um, Black Friday sales over there, and it was ridiculous. So I went, yeah, you just have to buy that for me, mate, and send it to me. So it's coming. That's cool. That's yeah. it. I had a, so, had a thought uh, during the week. Tomorrow, 30 days has September, April, June, and November. Oh, we've got one more day. Tomorrow is the last day of spring. Technically, yeah. Let's think. Uh, oh, September, September, November, yep. September, mm-hmm. October, November, yep. The first day of summer. Correct. Which means we're three months away from autumn. Yes. That's not long. We've got no, three I've, months. I, I, I'm already thinking about Well, I've got my trial cams already up there. Yeah. So, yes. Yep. And I've, I'm uh, literally writing a my monthly column because I write in advance and I'm writing about exactly that. Yes. The thoughts are already turning to the raw next year, okay. and I'm wondering yeah. what it's going to be like. Because um, last year had, well, the year before was the best raw ever. Last year, I didn't see game. I heard it, didn't see it till May. And whatever yeah. reason, they didn't come off the hills. I don't know why, but they did not come off the hills. I don't know if they were pressured too much. 
don't know what was going on. I did have a problem with people on the block who shouldn't have been on the block. Maybe that screwed the pooch as it goes. But um, so, yeah, I've got cameras up there and I've actually been trying to get some time to go up and check on those cameras. Um, and tonight we're going to talk about cameras and stuff like that. And I would have liked to show my trail cameras, but there are more five of them busy, busy working at the moment. Um, so I'm hoping to get up there soon and uh, and see what's about and then uh, and readjust accordingly. But with trail cams, I really get serious early February. Yes. Well, I think I've got mine. No. Mine, are on, mine, mine are on the hills. Well, show you later show you later <laughs> sure uh, secret box but yeah um i uh it's been it's been really good actually we've, we've had a, a number of different people reaching out offering us um the opp opportunity to go and do some hunting um and dave willie big willie dave willie that we all know of or a lot of us know mm -hmm. of um he's heading out to nundle next week so i'm um trying to get the ducks to align to have a sneaky afternoon off on Thursday, yeah. and um, and head up there for a, a bit of a bit of a sneaky mission. Might pick up a meat deer um, if I'm it's lucky, to... but really it's an opportunity for me to get trail cams out um, before then. So three months out there, I had uh, trail cams out. If you remember, uh, I had one out there for twelve months taking photos, and, mm. and it's the 12 months and i've got a couple of good spots i'd like to put them so um yeah it would be a great opportunity to get out there if i can sneak back to nundle for uh for a, a nice long weekend see how we go with that yep hmm. so that's what's going on in my brain but certainly um looking forward to the rut um it's not far away you know preparations no. will begin in earnest really um yeah. anytime now basically i start to really get focused after australia day I want to know what's going on yep. up there now because I want to see if there's any movement. And it was pretty dry up when I was up there last time, but I don't. It, by looking at the radar, it's it hasn't been it, that that problem's been solved. Last yeah. couple yeah. of years, there's been significant rain events in the beginning of the year. There was the, the that February rain event where actually Brisbane had a bit of flooding, and last year it wasn't the same time, but they did have another good rain event. So it'd be interesting this uh, so earlier this year. So it'd be interesting to see if we're going to get another one, um, because that that seemed to change everything, like overnight. You know, it was yeah. like dry, and then bang, just completely changed. And there's a couple of um, when I was last up there, uh, the the property had been destocked, and I was finding deer sign in open paddocks, which I hadn't seen for six months. Mm. So that's interesting too, how, the, effect, the effect that the stock had on the deer movement. Yep. So I'm keen to get up there, and I and I think it'll actually be it will be destocked for for a while now. I think they I don't think they'll restock it for a while. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So, so uh, thinking about yep. thinking about those weather patterns, then last year uh, out at Nundle Hanging Rock was one of the better seasons that I'd seen out there for. A long time, mm. uh, lots of animals moving around. There was a lot of disturbance in previous years from bushfires that pushed them out of pockets of areas that they were well known to be and in, into other areas. So they seem to have picked up more 
territory, if you if you want to call it that way. I was seeing them in more spaces more frequently, which was great. Um, but we had a cracking season leading up to that. We had all of that rain, um, mm. you know, over or pre-Christmas and over Christmas and almost got to the point where people were, they'd had enough of the water and that's a bit unheard of when you're out in farm country. But um, we've had a dry spell. We've had a pretty big dry spell, um, especially out our way, but I imagine you've seen it as well up, up where you're hunting. Probably, yeah. I don't know, um, almost three months or more of pretty poor rain events. How much impact do you think that's had on this year's animals? Do you think that's going to have um, had growth problems? Do you think it's going to have impacted them? Do you think this, you know, uh, pickup in the rain is really just going to set things back where it's supposed to be? What's your opinion on that? I don't. So, and I, this is this is based on absolutely no scientific evidence. Mm. So, so I don't lucky. think I don't think they respond that quickly. So my feeling after hunting um, drought, so, you know, 2006 up to 2009 and then massive rains and then dry and then massive rains again. So I've got a, a bit of cycles, and this is not just um, Brisbane Valley, but this is around the place. What seems to happen is, you know, the animals don't respond quickly they, they're like maybe two seasons out of sync mm. so there's a big rain event so all of a sudden there's water on the ground and those animals that are still alive you know get a drink again and then there's regrowth and there's pick and then they breed up and then so there's a population increase but it's like a you know it's a period of time later because they they're not magical animals they don't you know they don't simply separate and there's two of them four of them, so on and so forth, they, there's a cycle. And then there's natural loss associated with that, but there's more more that are alive than there was last year. And mm. so they breed. And and if you look at certain feral animals, like I believe, and I've only, I don't, again, don't have the scientific evidence of this, but I believe that in good seasons, goats and pigs will breed multiple times in a year. Yeah. in terms of their aging. So a goat that's born in a year can actually produce in that same 12 months, as it were, and same with pigs. So then you, you kind of get that multiplying effect. And if the conditions are good, you know, that there's less loss associated with starvation and stuff like that. So, But there's there's a time when their population is growing and the conditions start to wane again. So you get to that point where there's too many now for the conditions. So it's like a boom and bust cycle. And so then they start to get affected by the conditions. So I think, I believe that we probably got one or two more good years before we start to see the effect of bad conditions. But the yeah. thing is, and the longer that we, um, no, not long we obviously, the longer that Mother Nature continues to produce good years with good yields then those animals will keep building and building and building and building and building and then you know then the bad stuff happens so and then you have the drop so i remember when i was hunting uh pilliga in 2018 which was like the height 
the almost like the last was the last year of the drought. So it was like we'd had a significant drought for a number of years and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So there was hardly any water in the pillager at all. And it was winter and we were finding literally animals dead near water supply and they just died of either, you know, dehydration or hypothermia, one of the two. And, mm. um, you know, we knew that there was a big mob of goats because we would just find the evidence of them and they were just moving around the water supply on the last day we just happened to be on the water supply and they turned up. They literally were there and went, and you just saw them. They just turn up en masse, a massive mob of guys just appeared out of nowhere. So, you know, that's what's going to continue to ha I think will happen. And same with the deer. Um, I suppose the only thing that you'll notice more in deer is that the conditions seem to be reflected in their antler growth. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. antler, antler growth is a, you know, a huge... A nutritional, a huge, um, nutritional matter, you know. That's why you know, and overseas you you see a first year fellow deer, it's got like it's got bloody you know canoe palms on it because mm. the, the amount of food on the ground. So I think as long as there's good food on the ground and there's good water on the ground, um, I think the, the you know you'll continue to have an upgrowth, but you'll get to a point where um competition and so when that starts to decline you'll get competition for that so i i expect and like we've had evidence or we've heard reports sorry not evidence but we've heard reports that there is big numbers of red deer up in the brisbane valley yep um so you know i expect and i mean and you know you you had the you had some of those images of some of those um uh reds that have been shot around there on the on on the range country and they're massive yeah that's it. So I'd expect that they'll still be massive for a couple of years if this is the turn we're getting into. Yeah, if this yeah. is if if this is the El Nino, the start of the El Nino again, if so this is it, that I expect that and for for at least a couple of years they'll be massive and then there'll be a slow decline and they'll not only be decline in quality, but there'll be simply a decline in numbers because they won't just be able and then um, you know, I suppose that then has a Again, a multiplying effect, so there's less of them, so there's less breeding, so there's less of them, there's less breeding, and so on and so forth. I, I don't know. Again, from an observational point of view, you'll notice that when drought comes, sheep farmers get out of sheep and get into goats, and then the goat market goes crazy, and then they open up all these goat abattoirs everywhere, and they're, and then as soon as rain comes, they kick the goats out and they bring sheep back in. And then the goat, the mark, the goat market falls over, over, you know, almost seemingly overnight because everyone's back in the sheep again. Oh man, seems we don't do be, ourselves any favors. So it seems to be the the mark, you know, that's kind of the the cyclic nature of it all. Hmm. Okay, so um, uh, you've heard it here first. Mark's prediction for animal qualities is high. Yep. Uh, should be seeing similar similar things that we saw last year. I mean, we had a downturn in, in water volume, but it was for it. You know, it, it felt like a long time, uh, four months yep. or something like that. It felt like a long time. Certainly noticed it on our property. Um, but, you know, we got stock feeding on there and the grass couldn't keep up. Yep. So, um, but, you know, some of these parks that we go to, you know, they're in they're in country that's, that's almost in rain clouds all the time. You know, yep. if I think about it, whole Nundal area it's always damp doesn't matter what time of year you go there it's damp um and there's you know this this it's a big park you know there's, there's, a, there's yeah. a lot of park the animals so 
And I, I, on my phone, with AccuWeather, for some reason it keeps on. Because I, I, I did it one one year, I, I made um, Walker the, you know, the... Um, Your point. Yeah, the you know the, the reference point. So I always get weather report. I go, holy, can't be that cold. Yeah, because right, yeah. it's it's well, and, it, and it and it's raining. Seems to rain a yeah. lot. So, so yeah, yeah, thinking about going to Nundle, like I said, I've been looking at it, and it's getting down to seven, six degrees yeah. there in the evening. Still, that's that's right. You know, that's, that's cool enough. Yep. So and and, so, and, and right, so you're not getting you're not getting a lot of yeah you know, you're not getting a lot of evaporation. That place, you know, the soil holds water. There's water everywhere. You just, you, know, you find bits of water everywhere. Um, that whole range country, you know, out west it might be different. Though they, 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 these storms that we've been having, there's been certainly a number of good falls around um, Narrabri, I believe, by looking at the map. So, you know, but eventually it'll start to dry out, and then, and then there'll be like a. So there's probably going to be a sweet spot for hunting ferals, which will be. When the water supply is limited and it concentrates them, so they all, yeah. so all those that all that mass, biomass of feral animals go looking for that water. So if you can, if you can predict that sweet spot, there'll be a time where they'll all be looking for water. And if you can find it, and sit on a dam, they'll come to you. Cool. So trail cams you've talked about heading mm -hmm. up there to put it. Well, you've put them up there already. Uh, anything else you're working through at the moment? Uh, three months before autumn, like you start starting to look at uh, any particular bits of gear that need refining. Uh, you got any combinations of rifle that are going to change? Like what? What's the summer hold for preparing for um, for the season for the rut and roll? So as I said, trial cams up, and I'm running two types of trial cameras. I'm running the uh, $99 Anaconda Special, which I don't think you can get anymore. I think they've changed that up. But um, yeah, I, I believe they've actually brought out a, a better quality or you know higher res or higher uh, yeah higher res version. Um, so I've got four of those. They're getting a bit on, um, but they're working fine still. Um, the only thing that seems to fail on them after after a while is the um, that you know the nylon strap. The webbing, yeah, yep, yep. yeah, the webbing strap that fails. It, and then last time I was up there, it failed, and I. I just made do and made use cable ties and bits and pieces, but that that seems to be the only real failure on them. The uh, and the and the the actual camouflage paint fades a little bit, but on that they seem to work fine. Um, and I've also got a better uh, a newer tri style trial camera that I've got in one of the places, which is um, uses the the. the the forward mounts, there's a little hatch and you can see the screen. So yeah. I just yeah. did that because I think they're easier to set up. So I'm happy to see how that one goes. Uh, so there's that. Rifle-wise, I will be sighting in the 3006 with 180-grain bombs because I just want to. And I'll be running that at 200 yards. So they'll be sitting at 200 yards because um, I really like carrying that rifle and I will be hunting with that rifle. Um, that's about it for new gear. Um, in that say, so everything else is about right. But yeah, get that rifle running right, and I only do that just for the for the pleasure of it. To be honest, it's I could go up there tomorrow with um the 150 grain Seikos that it fires now, and it'll, it'll shoot the eyes out of anything. But I'm gonna yeah. play around for it just to play around with it. So that's gonna be the 180. So that's probably um 
I don't think I've got uh, any other new gear to try out. Um, I they probably will have a new pack before I get up there. I'm looking. That's yeah, that, that's it. You know, I'm looking for a pack. I'm in the market for a pack. So I've seen one uh, for sale on a website. Yeah, I have. Uh, that's right. I have too. It's a very nice color too. It's my yeah. favorite color. Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's interesting updates. Um, yeah. There's a there's a bit of stuff that I'm trying to refine, but it's very similar. Most of my stuff I'll just throw in my back as per last year. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm 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 just in two minds which rifle to take because I'm enjoying them both. Um, the Benelli and the BRX. It's it's hard to choose. Um, I don't know. Figure it out as we go. Um, it's okay. Good problem. Only because I've got only because I've got wonderful options. So basically, Brisbane Valley is the thirty oh six, the old older T three, the custom T three. Nundal is the um, CDR custom in three oh eight, and Pilliga and Severn and other feral countries is the BRX. Only because I've got those options. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Like I said, good problem to have. All that's right. It. Um, so leading on then into our topic of the night, um, we were going to talk about uh, camera gear, really. Yep. And this was um, this will start with you know um, cameras that you might want to use as a hunter just to record some things for yourself, through to where we might have started and the kind of gear that we're using now um, to try and record some of the hunts mm. that we that we go on to share. Um, I guess we'll start with um, prior to um, documenting this to share with others. What were you doing as far as camera gear back then? Like okay. if you were just doing it for yourself sure. to capture something, um, and what was its purpose? Um, because there are a lot of people take a camera out so that they can um, play back what's happened and try and figure out what went wrong or what went right and you know where the shot went and those sorts of things so you're interested as to where you started with your with your filming however many years ago that was so for me um my camera gear started um when i had my first couple of articles published and i got some positive feedback but they said the images weren't really that crash hot and i was using I was just using a little little point and shoot type thing, instant camera type thing. Yeah, a little point and shoot. I was just one of those little, you know, literally cigarette pack size point and shoots with a little inbuilt zoom on the lens. Um, uh, my boys still use it. They use it for because it shoots video, but I never use it for video. I use it for point and shoot because I was writing for magazines, and my boys use it to do videos. Um, so after about the third or fourth article. I decided with the actually I wrote an article that I got a front cover, so I got a I got a a goodly chunk of change. Um, so I bought a DSLR. So I bought a, a Nikon or Nikon, depending on how you like to pronounce it, D seven thousand. So um, which was uh, a um, and then th so Nikon have. Uh, consumer enthusiast and pro it was a con an enthusiast level camera which meant it had a um an aluminium frame and it had things like it was dust sealed and it had dual ports and all that stuff and 
So it was a, you know, I bought the body and I bought lenses and I've still got it. it sits in the in the studio. Um, bought a whole lot of lenses and a whole lot of gear and I carry that. And there's actually, a, I'm going to post a photo of me. I'll probably use it for that. I'm in England and it's around my neck. Um, and I use that to shoot 10 years worth of magazine stuff. Um, it has very good video functionality, by the way. Um, but it's big and heavy. And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, a 300 mil lens, which is what I was running, not a, not a 300 mil prime, but I was running like a 70 to 300, is about four pounds worth of glass. You know, and it's about that big. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it, its limitations became obvious. Um, so when I started to video, I was using that for a little while and then I realized I needed a better video option. And so with my video options, then I went to a Sony um, video camcorder. And the reason I went to a camcorder was because um, I know a lot of guys use DSLRs for video, but I wanted actually, I thought I'm going to buy a video camera for videoing. So I bought a video camera and I bought this Sony AX53, uh, uh, AX53, which is on a, you know, literally a camcorder. Yep. Um, yep. And it's absolutely fantastic. Shoots 4K, it's got the pop-out screen, it's got a magnificent zoom function on it, it's got a, you know, adjustable eyepiece, and more than anything, it's ridiculously easy to use. Yeah. You just open it up, and, and it's got night vision, so it does the green weird stuff. You can do night vision, a lot of videos you see me up in Brisbane Valley, when it's in night vision, I'm using that. So that's kind of where I went from uh, DSLR. I went to a video camera. And the thing is, they're not that popular in many instances, but I find, um, you know, it's built for purpose. So that's was the beginning of my video journey because I've got other things as well, but that was the beginning of my video journey. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about the other things. So what about you? So we'll jump over you and then I'll talk about my other stuff. Yeah, so I, I never got into photography. Um, we had a, you know, a big DSLR, one of the early digital uh, SLRs that came out. It was uh, a gift for my wife when we were traveling around the world, oh God, 20 years ago or something now, 15 years ago. Um, and I was really impressed by its quality, but it never had a video function on it. Um, it was it was purely a camera. Mm. Uh, and I, I took that, you know, wandering around trying to figure out um, how to, I don't know, just, you know, how to deal with shutter speeds and apertures and ISO settings. And rather than being a point and shoot, I wanted to, to learn how to do a little bit more. Um, I think it confused the living daylights out of me and I ended up not really carrying on with it. But when I started um, hunting a lot, uh, especially when I was um, organizing trips with um, the ADA and I was taking, you know, younger hunters out or new hunters out, I really enjoyed um, documenting the the new hunter's first hunt. 
like they the, you know they, they didn't even really know what I was doing but I was just taking some footage and in the end I put together a weekend video of their first hunt where they shot their first deer and I was able to chuck that up on a YouTube channel uh, privately and share it with them so that they could relive their moment and I thought that was pretty cool um, and I used um, just like you talked about uh, a point and shoot um, type type camera like a little yep um, a little pocket camera and it had a yep. little zoom on it uh, and I put that on a little tripod so that I was able to get some steady shots and that in combination with my first GoPro which was I don't know how old that is now probably GoPro Hero 2 um, I was able to capture quite a bit of cool footage um, I did start off with the GoPro first um, but quickly realized that whilst it's a really good sort of vlogging type camera that you know you can talk to and you can show a bit of scenery but it's all very up close and personal type yeah. stuff you can't point that at a deer in a paddock and expect anyone to see it it doesn't work that way they're very much you know um, first person type camera um, but they have their place absolutely and um, you know so I went from there we, we did a, a couple of trips to New Zealand and I carted around and we created some cool videos but it was all in first person yeah. um, so um, I was always on the lookout for something else and all of the all of the um, the research that I did pointed me to um, DSLRs again you know you're talking about a dedicated camera mm -hmm. um, I wanted something like that as well and you see a lot of hunters that are out there that are doing this stuff all the time and taking a lot of video they carry this massive camera with this amazing zoom on it and I can't even remember what brand it is, but you'll you'll recognise it. It's a chunky uh, piece of gear. You mean the? It's a Nikon, and it's um. There's two of them. Cameron, Canon make one. It was the SX range, which was yeah. Um, what they kind of called a what they used to call them though, like a transition. So they were kind of point and shoot in operation, but they looked like a DSLR, but you couldn't change the lens in them. They had a huge yeah, built-in zoom. Built yeah, zoom. there was a Canon SX, I think, is the Canon model, and Nikon had one as, they have one as well. And there's the, the latest one's like a, a 1,000, and it's It's huge. incredible. Yeah. yeah. But, it's, but it's got some you know, massive zoom on it. It's a, it's a huge thing, right? And I, mm. um, I thought, I'm, I'm going to get one of them. That's yep. where I thought I was going to go. And I went into the shop and I and I said, I want to buy one of these things. I saved up my dollars. Told the guy at the camera store what I was looking at doing. He said, yeah, it's a great idea, but like, have you felt the weight of it? And they are heavy, seriously mm. heavy. And there's many people out there, I'm not going to say that they're the wrong camera to have, but it's a pretty chunky piece of kit. And oh, I wasn't convinced that that's what I wanted to walk around the bush with. Um, so I ended up going with one of the first... Um, Canon mirrorless. Oh yeah. DSLR. So it's actually quite small. Yep. yep. Put in my hand. It looks big because it's got a cage around it. Um, but this was a this was an SLR that had all of the recording functionality on it, and I wanted the ability to to do manual settings on it to adjust ISOs and things like that to get some better quality uh, footage. Um, so I went with this. The problem I have with it uh, is. Like it's got a very short range. You've got you've got to carry lenses. Mm. Like you've 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 got the you know the kit lens that comes with it that does a fantastic job. Yeah, which is usually like a twenty-four to seventy something like that. Yep. Yeah. What is it? Which is a mm. twenty-four to oh. seventy something like that. they're just portrait cameras, uh, portrait lenses. This is a fifteen to forty-five. There you go. It's even even more fish-eyed. 
yeah um but when i was out hunting with people and we were now in the situation where there were deer over there that i wanted mm. to capture and show in the videos i had to stop and get a lens out and plug a bigger lens on the front of it and by the time i carried all that stuff around um i might as well have just bought that heavy piece of gear that did all of that stuff for me so it's kind of that's where i went but i i've used this camera for a long time and i still use it i've carried this around in the bush all over the place it's small enough surprisingly um weather resistant mm. like it's walked in snow and rain and crap and been dropped in mud for all of the ports and bits and pieces on it they look fragile but it's a it's a it's a reasonably well-made camera it's never had any problems um and it delivers you know good quality yeah. imagery which is what i want um so that was my entry that was my entry level i still use this as a as part of the kit that i use but it's not my go-to video camera anymore um but it's interesting when we start to talk about what we're currently using this is becoming more important all over again for another reason yep. and i'll talk about that shortly no that's uh, I, I'm, I'm the same so by the way that nikon is the cool picks range i think yeah, is that, the one. yeah that's that's, right. that's the one i was thinking so, about so I went for a dedicated video camera and I'm probably going to upgrade that one next year and I will go to a just a more powerful dedicated video camera. But what I found was um, was that when we were doing videos and we started to do the type of videos that we're doing where there's a lot of interaction between the, the, the hunt and the audience, um, I, yeah, I, like yourself, I kind of went. Hang on, you know, I've, I've got the I've got the long range set up now. I can I can do. And there's a lot of videos you see me. I'm just we're looking at deer, and they're at significant range, and I'm just zooming straight in on them. I needed something that I could use at close range, and when I'm addressing the camera and talking to the audience. And so I went for one of the Sony vlogging cameras, which was a kind of back to the future thing. Yeah. So again, this is in a, like your one, this is in a cage, so it's in a metal cage. I think this is the ZV-1, I think it is. And it this is a really powerful camera. It's actually, there is actually a mirrorless version of this and um, it's it's enticing, but the mirrorless just, don't, you know, just not going to, like just the changing the lenses in the field just doesn't, you know, yeah. just, just seems too much like that. So this has got, you know, uh, the screen that does the full reverse. So you can, you can hang it out on the side like this. So you can look at yourself while you're there like that. And if you've got people, you can, they can see you too. So that's really, and it's got, um, it's just a really, really powerful um, vlogging just, camera. Just pause on that for a sec, because yep. that's a really important feature. Um, one of the mm. things that I, the one of the things that I didn't get right with this one when I picked it, because I don't know, it just wasn't a feature I looked at at the time. The screen on the back of this doesn't flip around. Yeah, it it flips down. Yep. But when it's in the cage, that's as far as it goes. <laughs> so just to see what's going on. But even if it wasn't in the cage, when you flip that down, if it's on any sort of tripod, it doesn't work either. Yep. So if you're looking at different types of cameras, I think a really, really important feature to consider is how that screen operates. Um, and unless someone tells me that there's some magic feature that allows this thing to turn another way, it, it's always facing the back. 
and that's a real problem um then i was like oh well i can connect it to the canon app and i can see it on my phone and i can frame the thing where you know it doesn't work so there's a lot of guesswork that goes on with my camera because it doesn't do what mark's doing and, so and get, this, get that type, this is a touch screen too so this thing's a touch screen so it's really so it's and there's actually a dedicated very small like a tabletop drop tripod for this and it's only I, I haven't got it with me it's only you know eight inches long but it's actually bluetooth so it's got the controls on it but more the point when you're holding it at arm's length it's perfect for that and you'll see a lot of the videos where i'm in the brisbane valley i'm walking along and i'm using this because it has some of the features for instance it's got a really good stabilization in it so and it also has that really weird feature now that's become more and more um, popular with socials and vlogging where you know you can blur or you can blur the background yeah that's how I it's say. just about it's just about it just yeah. blurs the background or defocuses the background and that's for you know people use this for product placement so they'll you know the thing it's all product placement so it blurs it but this is actually a remarkably powerful camera for shooting video because whilst it can't see the, the game at a great distance it's a really good way of building a bridge between you and your audience because it's really easy to talk to this camera and it's got great audio and video quality. It's got a built-in, quite a very, actually a very powerful built-in mic. But on this particular one, I use a little, a little fairy shotgunner, um, which gives you fantastic audio quality if you're talking to the camera. So, so yeah. I've got the bigger rig, or, and it's not a bigger, but the, I suppose the more the more long range video and and I work with the blog with the blogging camera for that one so that's part 2 because there's actually four parts to this particular formula for me yeah 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 we'll get into that as well so um, over to you yeah so again back to this little guy um it's got many of the same features that you're talking about uh, I think it's quite important that it um it has easy upload wi-fi to your phone so you can mm. dump footage if you need to um I've never had a drama with this. Um, battery life's always been pretty good. Even, you know, I carry multiple batteries for it. And you end up stocking that sort of stuff up um, yeah. because you need it to last for a reasonable yeah, amount of time when you're in the bush. Um, yeah, I packs and packs and packs of batteries. Um, but I do, I do kind of, I think if you're trying to get into the world of uh, creating videos to chuck up on the likes of YouTube, you need that. You need at least those two cameras, I think. Yeah. Um, because you know that the GoPro type device, I think is, I mean, it's an amazing invention. The stabilization that it's got and the, the quality, the footage that it brings out is excellent. And you can throw it in the mud and you can stick it underwater and you can put it in, you know, rocks and rivers and, you know, all sorts of places that you're not going to put these things um, to capture something quite unique. Um, so I sort of think you need that uh, and something that can give you, you know, a, um, what I call a, a longer distance view to get yep. away from just first person talking because videos can get pretty monotonous uh, if it's if it's always just in your face. That's right, and and that the the benefit of that is you can you can get two uh, you can get a two camera perspective, especially and that's really yeah. important if you're self filming. If you're self filming and you've only got one camera perspective, you're kind of really limiting your storytelling, whereas 
with this particular gig, you can have, I can have the long range going and I can be talking to the other camera. So I can be set up somewhere and I've done a number of videos. I'm set up somewhere, the big camera's rolling, there's game in the distance and I'm talking to the other camera about what I'm seeing. So it, it helps build the, I suppose, the connectivity. So, and that's something when you, if you're thinking about your videos from a storytelling perspective, and if you're telling the story for yourself, having multiple perspectives in terms of cameras is really beneficial, which leads me to my third part of the rig, which is a little GoPro. Um, this is a GoPro 8. I have to say that I'm not so excited by the GoPros. Um, I, I I was when I first well I, I looked forward to owning it, <laughs> but its its limitations are significant, and so um, and I've played around with it a lot of different ways to get around those limitations. So for instance, this one has what they call the media case, which is basically a case that wraps around it and gives it a better microphone. And in current in, the, in its current state, I've got a little. Uh, Amazon special do a little flap that actually allows you to have uh, exposure to the USB-C so you can run uh, I can run this on external power so I can run this on a battery bank because one of the problems with the GoPro 8 is you get about half an hour at the most very very limited viewing yeah. um, so uh, so that runs power, but what I found is by doing that, this thing gets stinking hot. Um, so where I'm now using the GoPro is um, I use it to create another camera angle. Um, so generally, the bigger camera sits on a tripod, and this GoPro sits on a gooseneck, that gooseneck, that flexible gooseneck, and it's on. It's attached to the tripod, and while that camera's looking that way, this is looking back at the shooter. Yeah. So it's given me another camera angle. I've I've reduced the usage of audio on it. I use it now just for video footage, and very particular video footage that is generally you know close range, detailed video footage. It's a shame. Um, I just think there there is there are certain certain environments or certain applications, sorry, that the GoPro is perfect for, but I, it doesn't seem to suit my storytelling, to be yeah. honest. just doesn't suit it. So I, I own the same, except I have the 9, and yep. it, um, it's very, very similar. It's got a slightly larger screen on the front, which is quite handy. Uh, it's got replaceable lenses. You can twist them off and twist new ones on. It's got that same... Um, uh, housing on the outside, which gives you access to USB and a couple of other bits and pieces. Um, I fell out of love with GoPro um, pretty recently. I, I I struggle with the bug, the bugginess of it. Um, so I bought, I've got five batteries for it, which is really unfortunate because I'll only ever use one or two now. Uh, yeah, just not yeah, using yeah, them. I got three. Yeah. The good thing about these things is when you buy it, you can go onto, <laughs> onto eBay and you can pay 25 bucks and get 100 accessories for it. Yes. For mounting the, the, here the, and mounting the, the, here all over the place. There's so much optionality for this thing. Um, that's a really cool thing. But unfortunately for me, 
uh, and it's not just me. A lot of people report these problems. There are so many software glitches. It freezes up. It stops working. Um, you've got to pull the batteries out. The design flaw in this thing, I just can't believe that someone did something so stupid. But the little feet are attached to the camera, right? On this yep. one. I don't know if yours is yeah, the same. same yeah, it's, it's... Right. So when you go and slide this into a case, you slide it into the case and then you fold the feet down, which yep. is fine, right? Yeah, it works really well. Till you need to change the battery because it's then got to slide back out of the case again to get to the battery port so that I can open that and swap yep. it over and then it's got to go back just the design floor is 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 terrible and in, in that way um and when you've got gloves on or cold fingers or any of those sorts of things it's a pain and it wouldn't be as much of a pain if these bloody little batteries didn't fail all the time yeah. so i've popped up to hunts with five full batteries you stick this thing in the side you turn it on it says you've got 99 percent battery you turn around and start talking to it mm. and it says low battery and dies and just shits itself and i'm talking about five degrees four degrees you know yeah. they, they advertise these things with snowboarders and and you know people that are alpine doing all sorts of weird things and minus 30 and the like four degrees and the battery dies it's just like i can't trust it and that for me is really unfortunate yes um so it's now become my sort of i don't know it's an optional um i'm not worried about its safety anymore i've got a harness that goes on my dog this goes on the dog. The dog runs through the scrub. If I get some cool footage, that's what I'll use it for. Um, I've moved to the DJI, DJI uh, Osmo Action. Uh, they've just released their fourth generation of that. Uh, I'm talking to it here, which is why I can't show it to you, but it looks the same as this. Um, same form factor, slightly bigger screen on the front. Zero bugs. Batteries are perfect. Um, like everything DJI, they just make shit so well. Yeah. This is a battery pack, right? It comes with two batteries in there. You plug a USB-C on the side of it, tells you that it's charged. GoPro don't have anything like that. I've got this like two battery charger thing over there that it doesn't hold them in a holder. They'll fall out if I take it anywhere. DJI have got this stuff sewn up. Um, and like I said, um, the battery life is better. And there's been zero glitches, no freeze ups, no anything. And I've been using it now for uh, a couple of months. So I'm pretty happy with that. If I was to go back and uh, like, if I was to give anyone advice about action cams, if you're buying one, my opinion, go the action for it. Just it's better. Yeah. I, 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 um, there's a very good chance, um, that I, I won't buy another GoPro. That's for sure. And I don't know if I'll buy another action cam. Uh, I think I'll I'll stick with that one until it dies, and then yeah. I'll I'll just do something different. Yeah, I, I am ultimately not particularly impressed with the GoPro. Um, oh. The only benefit is I, I went the eight, which was super seed at the time, so I got it for a pretty good price. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's still um, quite functional and it's got a lot of accessories, but um, I'm not particularly impressed for what we do. I can see there's the op there's where it would excel but it's not what we do yeah kind well, of... I, I i i really like the action cam and i wouldn't be without one for what we do um like uh, just assuming that this is you know all connected the way it's supposed to be connected i carry mine around on one of these gorilla grip mounts yeah um 
and and you'll see on a few of the videos that I've had, I have it right next to me when I'm shooting. So I'm, I'm it's it's on me as I'm shooting, uh, and I've always got this just tucked in next to my bino rig, so I can just just bend it over like that and talk to it without having to pull it out, or you know I don't have to hold it. Can talk to it, but if I'm lining up on goats or deer or whatever, I can put it out. I can get some good footage. I enjoy that really up close and personal view. Um, yep. You know, you see a lot of people when they're doing these videos, you've got your long range camera here and then you've got picture and picture over here so you can see what's going on. I quite like that as an option and I'd never do without it. Mm. Um, but I'd, I'm certainly glad I've made the switch. Yeah. So for me, number four in the in the kind of lineup, so, you know, I've got the Sony uh, Handycam, I've got the Sony vlogging camera, I've got the GoPro. Number four is this thing. I was going to do that. There's my dog. Yeah. There's my old boy. So, yeah, so uh, the video camera, um, it's actually, uh, sorry, the phone as a video camera has become, I've, I've actually, you know, at first I kind of poo-pooed the idea, but I've actually come back to it because, again, in certain instances it's fantastic. And I think, remember, there was uh, about, oh, maybe a year ago I, did a, I just did a heap of video when I was up the block one day and was just posting little snippets on uh, onto um, onto the onto our Facebook page and just getting creative with it. You know, it's it's got limitations on on obviously on the range, but working around that, it certainly produced another. What it did was it gave you another camera angle, which I really liked. It was it was really good for that. So you know, you could have multiple camera angles going. And in fact, the reason I started using it on that particular day was because I I forgot the batteries for the big guy. So I got up there and went, oh, bugger. I was yeah. charging them at home the night before and left them on the charger. So I thought, oh well, I'll use this. And uh so your home you know, your your phone as a video camera is a very good option for 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 a particular type of camera angle so for me that's the kind of four that i'll lean on to to give me as many camera angles as possible yeah so i 100 percent agree the um the phone has become even more of a um a useful tool for me for videoing uh because it's in your pocket it's in my pocket yep. it's actually in my bino rig it's right here it's right there i do that so i can i can access maps and do everything while i'm on the walk um, but it's really easy to just pick it up, flip it sideways. I've got yep. to keep remembering to turn it sideways because I don't like sticking um, portrait view and landscape videos that we make, but that's all right. Uh, it's just something you've got to get used to. But I, I really enjoy using this, and it's so quick and easy just to you know, have a really quick, candid conversation if all of your other stuff is too hard to get to. Uh, I'm using it more than ever. There's some very cool apps, and I'm... I was madly scrolling to try and find the name of the app um, that I've been looking at, but there's an app that you can download onto here. It's a, another, it's a freebie. Um, you get more features if you subscribe to it, of course, and I'll drop it in the, the show notes underneath. Um, but basically um, it gives you full manual access to your camera. So you'll notice a lot of these cameras now, they've got multiple lenses. So they've got, you know, wide angles, they've got close up macro lenses and they've got a long distance lens. Um, that's what they are. That's how that this how these things function. It gives you full control over all of that. It gives you ISO settings. Gives you shutter speed settings, aperture settings uh, on your phone. So it actually turns it into a a pretty damn good tool 
Mm. Um, if you just use the normal um, uh, video features on these devices, there are ways of um, of accessing of accessing some of the smarts. Like up here in the top corner, there's a HD button. I can click the HD button, turn it into 4K. I can change the frames, the frame rate, things like that, so you can get slow motion. Most people don't even know those buttons exist. Um, you know, cinematics going to give you a blurry, a background, all of those sorts of things. You know, it's yep. not a, an iPhone course. Just to say that there's so much you can do with it. If you don't have the pocket money to go and get another good camera, um, then learn how to use the smartphone. There, there's some bloody good features in there that most of us will never use. Um, so, yeah, that's my sort of half tip for now. Mm. Uh, my last camera, and it's a reasonably recent purchase, and it's what Mark was talking about earlier and that I think you said you're going to step up your video camera at some point. We've been talking about doing this for some time. Uh, I just happen to have the ability to go and do it. So we've gone to a um, an entry-level professional video camera. Again, um, dedicated video camera rather than um, a digital SLR. This has become really important as a tool to use with this one. Yeah. I'll explain that in a minute. Um, but this is this is um, point and shoot, if you like. Um, it's got all the inbuilt bits and pieces. It's got its own additional filters on it. You can't change the lens. It is what it is. Um, it's got a massive zoom on it, which is great when you stick it on a tripod looking across gullies. Uh, I think it's got a 32 times optical zoom, and then it goes five or six times more than that um, uh, on on its digital zoom, which is great. Uh, it's got, you know, obviously it's got the touchscreen um, screen on it. But one of the main things that I really liked about this was you'll notice it's got dual SD cards. Yeah. I'm always paranoid about an SD card getting corrupted, and it's happened to me before. You come back, your SD card's stuffed. What are you going to do about it? I have it writing to both cards rather than having extra storage it writes to both cards. Um, they have a heap of different things on them, but this gives us the ability now to um, to just to get a, a lot more cinematic quality video, um, and it's been it's great. Um, the thing about this versus the cool picks that we were talking about, this is actually it looks big, it's quite light, uh, it's quite durable. It's been dropped and bounced and it's ended up in the mud. It's okay, it hasn't broken. Um, yeah, it's a good device. There's a few of these on the market that you can look at, uh, but you'd want to be, I, I believe, in a situation where you're dedicating yourself to the videoing more than the hunting. Because mm. I carry this, I don't carry my rifle. Rifle's on my pack. Uh, and when I get the opportunity, uh, I take the rifle off my pack and set up for the shot. Um, I'm just changing the style of hunting that I'm doing because... You know, we've done a lot of hunting and I don't need to shoot everything that moves. So I'm more than happy to carry a camera and do that. So, yeah, that's been a really good addition. And, yeah, you'll see some of that footage coming through over the next mm. 12 months at least. Yeah. So a couple of accessories that I've got. Um, so the first one is to do with audio, which is, you know, as important, if not possibly more important. So... As I said, I, I run that mic. So if I'm using a two-camera rig, I'll usually run this one on the bigger camera. Okay? What do they call it? 
It's a dead uh, cat. Dead cat. Dead cat. It's a dead cat. It's my favorite type of cat. <laughs> It's a windsock, dead cat. So if I'm going to use a two-camera rig, so that's being run as the, the big camera, the outdoor camera, on the blog, the vlogging camera, the smaller one, I run, uh, depending on the situation, the DJI little um, lapel mics, the wireless lapel mics. Um, so that means I'm running two channels of audio. So I'm... So when I'm talking, and Ian's got one as well. Actually, Ian got one first. I, I was impressed when I got when I saw what he got, so I got it myself. So that'll give me lapel mic audio. So when I'm talking to the camera, it's very, very good, high-quality audio. And I'm also getting, you know, the background audio, the birds and everything. And if it's that time of year, the deer roaring, it's the, big, the big mic's picking up the roars. So it allows you to do different types of audio. Um, I'm actually wondering about using the DJI for for um, for podcasting. To be honest, I wonder if they. Yeah, I <laughs> think about those sorts of things as well. Yeah, as a podcasting one. Um, so yeah, so there's that. So audio is a really important consideration. Um, you don't have to go to the DJI, but what I'm what I suggest if you're running a two camera rig, also run a two audio approach as well. Mm. So one camera is going to record a certain type of audio, as you see, you know, the birds, the animals and things like that. And because generally it's a shotgun mic, so it's directional and so it's pointing away from you. Whereas if you run a second audio rig for that camera that's looking at you, and it doesn't have to be a, a wireless, it can be a wired one. I used to do that and I sometimes still do it. I just basically got a, a very cheap lapel mic with a long lead and run it down my shirt and, and it's into the mic there. It gives you that audio, that very crisp audio when you're talking to the camera. So you can run those two audio soundtracks at the same time. You can have the birds and whatever the roaring whilst you're talking. Um, that's a, it's, it's just a nice effect or a nice way to make a video where you have that clarity of audio. And especially if you're up in the valley you know, and you're trying to get the roar and I mean, sometimes they're sitting on top of you and it's really, really easy to get up. But other times you do need the sensitivity of a shotgun mic to pick them up in the, in the, in the background. So audio is a big consideration to your kit. Yeah, I, um, I, I believe that audio is even more important than video yeah, because probably. you can narrate a story and take someone along on the journey. Um, it, it's 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 easier to look at a fuzzy picture than it is to listen to a distorted audio. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really important. Just to talk about the DJI products again, um, we've both got these. They're, they're a brilliant little package. Again, to DJI, they they just know how to package this stuff well. This is a battery charger case. Uh, so that there that I took out is the receiver. It goes on the camera like so. All right, so it sits on the top and you can flick it around the other way and you can see the little controls on the front of it so you know that you're, you're picking up the signal, you're getting the receive. Um, I've tested mine out to about 150 metres before I get any um, any drop of signal, so that's wireless between the receiver. Uh, and you'll also notice Mark talked about um, the wireless, uh, sorry, the wired um, lapel, right? You can plug that into the side of that and you can use that as well, so you can just slip that into your pocket. Yeah. And be recording 
these things on their own. So they're the microphones. I can give one to Mark and I can have one and we can have a good conversation and record it. But on its own, you can also click the record button and it will just record the audio directly to the device so that you can then come back when you're doing your editing, if that's what you want to do, and just drop the audio content into your editing program, sync it up and away you go. So there's there's so many different options you can you can um, use these for. They come with an Apple and a USB-C plug, so they plug into most things, um, and they're just a good good solid device. You'll get easily a, a full day of use out of these things yeah. with the battery, so you can switch over between the two if you need to. Um, but you get a hell of a lot of use out of it. So a great audio product, uh, and I'm the same with uh, as Mark. I use the big dead cat and, and big windy scenarios. But typically when I'm out hunting, um, I, I defer to that because it's smaller and it's, I, I can, I can put my camera way over there and I can whisper into this as I'm sitting on a rock with some binos or something like that. And I can keep quiet, even though my camera is a hundred meters away. Um, and you know, try and get some of that really cool. Yeah, stuff. That, that, that's right. That's one of the things where you say you can actually, and I, I tried to do that one year with a video. So and I, so I set the camera up, and I had it on the deer, and I had the I audio, and I moved away, and then I missed a shot. Um, so, yeah. Did the camera fall over? No, I missed a shot. Missed a shot. Oh. And it's, and 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 because the angle was, because the angle, well, what the angle of the view was, and the angle of the shot was so very different. Everyone was going, oh, I went that way. And went, no, nah, that's nah, just because of the angle. Yeah, I missed, no problem. So, yes, I missed a shot. But, yeah, you can do that. You can step away from the camera itself and provide a different angle through audio. Another uh, accessory that I have, which is a rabbit, is um, for the camera, sorry, for the phone, is a little triaxial um, mounting rig that allows your phone to mount onto a spotting scope. So yeah. if you want to go really, 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 really long distance and you're in the right situation, I've got one of these things. This is a, quite a complex little tool. It's, it's triaxial. I've never it's, seen a, a simple one. This, well, it's triaxial. So it does do the three, you know, back, forward, up, down, left, right, and back and forwards. So it does... Um, it does allow you to get, you know, a, a fully a full screen image um, on a spotting scope. It's not an easy setup, um, but once it's set up, you certainly do. Then you know, bang, you get multiple hundreds, if not many, many hundreds of, of meter image through your phone. So, mm. in the right situation, it provides you an ability to really reach out there so that's a nice little a little um gadget it's actually this one's a um designed primarily for astronomy so it's actually yeah. very very it's actually got a this really weird feature where you can because as you can imagine the you know you get difference with tracking so um there's another part that goes with it that allows you to continue to move your spotting scope so you you can track through the night sky but it's um I've used it for birds and things like that, and all and you know, and that long way away, bang, they come into they come into range. Yeah, so that's an option. 
I had something similar. Uh, I've ditched it mainly because of its bulkiness. Mm. It, it never never found an easy home in my pack or my. It was just there were so many bits on it that it, it just yep. didn't fit comfortably anywhere, and I gave up on the concept. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd um, if I was running a spotting scope all the time, I'd certainly have something similar. Yep. Yeah. One of the things that I think is vital, um, whether it be your point and shoot camera or the the GoPros, action cams, those sorts of things. Uh, again, I showed it earlier. Gorilla mount, gorilla grip tripod type thing that can go anywhere. The only thing that I suggest, if you are looking at buying something like that, uh, is don't get the cheap stuff that you no. buy for next to nothing off eBay or Amazon or wherever. Um, go to the camera shop and get one that's got a rating so this is i think a 10 kilo rating uh and like i've had two or three of these the cheap ones they just pop off and they can't yeah, hold the, them you like, get segmentation yeah the same thing happened with my um gopro gooseneck it just you know, yeah. three or four long it just it just yeah. um, just popped off and i could never get to reattach yeah but these are brilliant you just you know twist them around a branch around a tree it's easy to find a spot just to put it and talk to it and do what you need to do with it. Um, highly recommend that. Um, the only other things that I haven't mentioned really uh, are things like these, right? So they're an addition. Um, they're not necessary, absolutely not necessary. They give you another perspective, but we're always thinking about, you know, um, you see a lot of videos out there that have got drone footage for the sake of putting drone footage in. Um, I think I think they can be used really, really well to, to integrate some footage into your videos, but not just for the sake of having it. Um, yeah. You, know, you, you see some pretty good shots where, you know, you see someone over, a, over an animal that they've shot and you get this vertical lift off it that shows the animal, the hunter, than the full scene and where they actually are. I, I quite like those sorts of shots. Um, but I mean, they're, they're a fun tool. There's, there's no doubt about it. You can get some pretty cool stuff with drones. Mm. For me, the, the probably the last accessory is the tripod. So uh, I reckon if you're going to spend money, spend it on a tripod. This, a carbon fiber tripod. This is a carbon fiber tripod. Um, it's a Manfrotto, which is you know world renowned Italian. And in fact, you'll see that even if people don't run Manfrotto uh, tripods, they often run the Manfrotto head units. Manfrotto head units. There. That's it. That's Zoomy, it. It's, Zoomy tripod. It's the it's the best stuff there is. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's a you, there's a there's a couple of other brands that you might argue, but for me, I reckon this is about the best it gets. This is the carbon fiber one. It weighs nothing. It's a three-section leg, so it extends right out. Um, the the uh, the um, adjusters are, are one of those, you know, half turn um, yeah. because they're quick to adjust in the scrub. I find that that's really important. The 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 latch and lever ones can be a little bit slow and yeah. a bit clunky. These ones are fantastic. So yeah, uh, a good tripod is you know a, a, a wise investment. And I've got a few. Um, I, yeah. uh, I've got uh, you know I've got more uh, more uh, robust tripods that I use in a in a stationary position, like in the shed when I'm doing videos and things like that. 
but that's my kind of field tripod. Um, it's pretty hard to beat, but it's not cheap. It's a it's the carbon fiber one. It's not a cheap investment, but it's certainly a very wise investment. Well, I I don't use the Manfrotto one. I use the Suzumi one. Mm. Um, a friend of mine's wife is a professional photographer, and this is what they use. Um, it's carbon fiber. It's super light. It's got all the features that you would expect, and it is well priced. So I wouldn't say it's a major investment for this one. This one's lasted me for four or five years now it's going really well uh and the other thing when you're when you're moving to a situation where you're videoing more like i'm adding that to that and carrying quite a rig around um because i'm doing it for that specific purpose videoing's not second it's first um uh it it, it it's also a good walking stick like yeah. a good solid carbon fiber one Stephen got the you know the the wrist strap and everything that goes in it. Uh, it's a walking stick, and in fact, these ones, these ones, and I'm sure yours does too, Mark. But these double as a as a walking stick. Anyway, if you were to just decide you needed a walking stick for something, that extends and you have a walking pole as well. Um, but yeah, invest in a decent one of these. Don't go El Cheapo. Um, save your dollars for a little bit later on and get a decent carbon fiber one. What's less than the kit bag? The only really other thing is batteries. Um, and packs, battery packs. Batteries. Um, so depending on one of the reasons why I, um, I'll probably stick with Sony is because I've got so many Sony batteries. Investments, um, yeah. that's I've been, already done that. There, um, you know, and the, the battery for the bigger camera is a fairly compact battery in itself and this is the the bigger one there's a there well, I don't know if it's a, truly an australian company but there's a australian company online called wasabi mm. i like i like their batteries that's I've good got, because i was using got, another company and they were wasabi. rubbish well can we see if i can get it in there wasabi power these guys oh I use these guys, and they make they have a lot of they have a lot of batteries. So these are these are the um, extra batteries for the Sony vlogging camera, and uh, that's their version for the video camera. So the big camera, and the and they and they're often bigger, so they've got more grunt in them. Though they're not physically not much difference in size, so. Um, and they're cheap, you know, they're pretty cheap. So I don't know exactly how they do it. And I don't know what real value, the comparison between the, um, the, you know, the, uh, the, um, brand yeah, ones, but I've, I've used them for ages and they, they certainly work. And, well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll give you an example of that. Um, so this is the battery in my big camera Yeah, and it, it, it's got a reasonable size about it and they're not cheap. They're 250 odd dollars a battery to get a second one. Uh, except I went to one of these other online battery providers and I bought two because they were reasonably cheap. They looked the same, specs were the same, but the camera wouldn't accept it. Um, it came with 50 or 60% charge and I put it in and the camera ran like it worked okay, but it wouldn't charge it. So I ended up getting back in contact with them and um, they sent me two more 
So I had four of them and I ran them all flat. And uh, for this camera specifically, you charge it by plugging the camera in. If this doesn't plug into its own charger, you can get another charger for it, obviously, so you can charge it a different way. But um, but I get uh, usually over a three three day hunt weekend, I don't need to change the battery. So I get a lot of battery out of it, but I don't want to be in the situation where it does go flat, so I want another one. Um, but I had to send them all back. So the battery may be okay, but the product wouldn't charge it. So mm. I'm on the hunt now. And Wasabi, thanks for the tip. I'm going to go and check them out and see if they I can f- send me. I found that um, I bought, when I bought the, the spare batteries, I bought a little USB charger for them because I don't charge through the camera. It's just a little USB plug-in charger. And I so I just so I'll have them all lined up, and I'll just charge them all. Um, yep. I do think there is uh, some of the bigger cameras. I think there is a quite a long lead time in charging via the camera. So I, I know, for instance, this camera has a um, a DCN, so you can run this on DC if you're in the right position. So if like if I was using it tonight, I could actually plug this into the power and run it that way. Yep. Um, but on battery, I use those batteries and yeah, I, I usually, I don't, I generally don't charge through the camera. I just charge them up on the, on the spare, on the, on the charger itself. So mate, I don't even know if they would charge through the camera. I don't think I've ever tried to charge the battery through the camera. Yeah. Well, I've always this is charged, how my batteries came. So that's the way yeah, I've got to do it. I've always charged through the, um, through the, 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 the spare charger. There you go. So that's hmm. interesting. Yeah, probably the last thing is memory cards. I've got an approach to memory cards. If it's the memory card that sits in your camera all the time, buy a high-quality memory card. And memory cards are not only governed by their capacity, but they're also governed by their speed and rewritability. Yeah. Um, I suggest the cam- the memory cards in your camera um, as in your video cameras, should be high quality. The memory cards in your trail cameras, they can literally be the four ninety nine bargain bin ones from yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, Officeworks. And that's literally what I got. I was at Officeworks one day and they had 16, gig, gig, you know, 16 gig memory cards for, you know, five bucks. So I just grabbed a handful of them and they live in the trail camera and they seem to work fine in the trial camera but i find for your video cameras you want quality um memory cards because they're the their speed and writing and their the quality of the transfer of information is really really noticeable so it's important um, yep though interestingly uh big is not always the best um so the memory card in um uh this camera actually has a there's a maximum limit of the size of the memory card you can put in this you can put a bigger one in but it doesn't give you any more memory it's interesting you say that um so So in my in my big new camera if i don't put one of high enough write speed it won't let me record in 4k that's right um, and what you're saying is, is is accurate, but then when we talk about this other product that we didn't bring up, which is ye old budget trail camera, it says in the specs 
um, that it can only take a trail cam. Uh, sorry, it can only take a memory card up to a certain size. Size. And offhand, I can't remember what that is. If I put a memory card in that's bigger than that, it doesn't just limit the size of that card. It doesn't work. That's right. It won't write. It won't write to it. So yeah, um, I've taken so, the cards out of these. So but... it's it's not necessarily the size as as well as the quality. So that's it. So I in this one. I run a, a very high quality, you know, um, memory card. It's Extreme Pro. It's got 170 uh, meg write speed, um, and it's 256. It says if you go over 256, it actually has an effect on the camera. So it's yep. not like you and you don't get any. You certainly don't get any more capacity, and actually has an effect on the camera. This guy runs a very very nice um, memory card as well. So again, it runs a, uh, a, a, a a gold standard memory card. The memory cards in the trail cameras are, you know, literally super cheap scan, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, and only 16. I only put 16s and 32s. And the only reason I put 32s in there was, I think, when I grabbed the bargain bin that was the 32s and the 16 were the same price, so I just grabbed them. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that's an important thing about sometimes uh, if it doesn't have enough um, write speed, you won't get the full functionality of it. <clears throat> and I think that's the same with this one. There was something about it. I remember when I got it, said so if it, you didn't put a right certain write speed, you wouldn't get to four K. And the other thing is, for some reason, you can over it can have an over capacity issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, if you've got a big camera that's going to run 4K, uh, like the ones that we're using here, um, those larger, two, I think I'm going 256 of the extreme ones, um, they're, they're cheap. I went in thinking they were going to be really expensive, but these days, you know, they're, they're, they're cheap. They're yeah, they're on the, the, you can... Quality ones. They're, they're 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 more expensive, but they're not they're not ridiculously they're not prohibitively expensive. So, for instance, the two fifty six on this particular camera will give me five hours and nineteen minutes at four K. So yep. that's you know that's a fair bit of footage, and you know, and if I was thinking that I was going to run more footage than that, I'd either want and depending on you know what kind of um, Base camp. I had. I'd either take a laptop and just download it, yeah, or take a second yep. memory card. Um, how? So, how do you? Do you have any? This is a leading question. I'll start it again. Um, one of those Facebook thingies that popped up on my feed was um, just a way to store your memory cards. So it's quite a good little unit. Keeps everything organised. I had mine rolling around yep. in, the, in the front pocket of a pack, and it. I just kept losing bits and pieces. So this gives me access to, you know, a couple of large ones or um, adapters, same on the other side, SIM cards and the like. But it's just a nice, tidy way to look after them. Um, and it also acts as a hub. So I can plug that into whatever device I want and um, dump all of that information out so I don't lose it. Uh, one thing that I did on a recent hunt, which is uh, just, a, just a dumb thing, we're driving out the driveway I'd taken some really cool footage on the GoPro. Um, I decided as I was driving down the driveway uh, that I'd just go 
playback so I could have a look at it while I was waiting for other people to catch up behind me. Um, I stopped because I was coming up to a gate and when I looked down, I saw the deleting all wheel going on and I dumped, I just deleted <laughs> absolutely everything from the whole weekend, which is a real shame because it was such a cool hunt and I wasn't able to share it. But um, this is why you should probably try and have a way to pull those cards out, store them, have multiple versions, you know, get that yeah. footage out because it is a precious asset when you spend a lot of time trying to collect it. So um, just like the battery box for a while, I mean, I've got I've got lots and lots of little tackle boxes. So I had a, a very small, literally a little a tackle box, a little plastic tackle box that would hold a number of memory cards in it. Though my lovely wife has bought me a small rig um one for Christmas. And it's oh, a little, cool. it's it's a it's a little aluminium one and I think it holds six it has six dedicated memory card slots in it. Yeah, because what I do is with the trail cams, um I'll go up there and I'll look at them and if they've got images on them, I go, Oh yeah, there's a deer here. I'll pull the memory card and put another memory yeah. card in and leave that yeah. one there. So I, I I have lots of memory cards in that cheapy, cheapy range for the trial camps. So I'll just change them over. Um, if there's nothing on there, I might move the camera. But I will go. So when I go up, I'll take memory cards to do. A, I used to, you know, take the computer and all that stuff. I said, no. So I just swap over and then I go to Kilcoy, the baker at Kilcoy, sit at the baker's, get a pie, have a chocolate milk, Watch video yeah. on the, I on used the laptop, to take, um, laptop in, in, you know, the convenience of, a, of the bakery. So, yeah, uh, lots of little memory cards to take along. Yeah, floating around here somewhere, I've got an adapter which plugs into my phone mm -hmm. so I can plug it into the phone, whack that in there, dump all the files down. But that was great until I had 6,000 images on a camera and I didn't want to sit there waiting for three hours for it to drop to an iPhone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the same. I just, I just take spares out. It's hard, though. Like uh, I, I take that um, I take that little adapter when I'm uh, out hunting. So I'll go and put these trail cameras up in, in state forest, and then I'll go back and have a look at them. Um, if I'm actually hunting when I'm checking those cameras, I'm wanting to check those on the spot. Um, so I take that little adapter for that purpose. These things uh, and a lot of others, they've got these tiny little screens on them. Yeah, that's it. They're, they're good. Like they're going to show they're you. Good enough they're, to, they're good enough to tell you something there. They're good enough to get you excited about what's going on, I can tell you. Um, and while we're talking about those, um, these are the cheapies from Anaconda. Well, they're the, they're the model I run. Yeah, and you know what? They do a pretty good job. Um, yeah. They take a lot of batteries. Yep. Um, you only have to fill up half of that if you want it to run a short amount of time. You don't have to fill the whole thing up. Um, but I tend to because I leave them out for a long time. Mm. The quality is not bad. You've got to learn how to get in there and change the settings. Um, so you, you, I, I don't bother taking video anymore. Uh, no. I just take stills because video chews a heap of battery. Uh, and I um, change the sensitive, sensitivity down to low. So that if there's a bit of waving grass or a raving branch or something like yep. that, you know, I get a thousand photos of that. So get there and change those settings, learn how to use the thing. But once you've set it up, they're pretty damn good. I went through a stage of being very freaking frustrated with them because every time I went back to my block, um, for some reason, I'd either not turned it on, I'd left it in demo mode, or um, I put a USB card, which was the majority of the problem. I went and bought 
USB cards like we talked about and put them in all my trial cameras and then I realized that it was the SD card that was the problem. It was bigger than the spec allowed, so it yeah. just wouldn't write to it. Wouldn't write to it. Um, so I lost lots of precious time one year because I thought I'd done the right thing. But um, they're worth they're worth a hundred bucks, absolutely. And I, yeah, you know, knocks one off. Like I'll feel a bit dirty about it, but I'm not going to be, you know, bitterly disappointed about the asset loss. And that that was how I started. My first trial cam was quite a expensive one and um i end up losing it and uh yeah that, uh, yeah ouch and then yeah. I, I discovered the anacondas one and that was on one of their you know many regular specials and they were like 99 bucks and i bought four of them yeah so at the price of one good one i had four so you know i could bracket and uh, yeah and having a uh, multiple trial cams if you find a place where you think you know you're getting good game, having them opposing each other or looking at each other is actually a really interesting, huh. um, you know, because you, if you think about, it, you're only getting one view, but you don't know what's happening on the other side of the camera. So having yeah, having them looking always... over over each other's shoulder, yeah. you go, oh wow, look at that, you know, that that's that's the approach that they're taking, or that's the way they're going, or something like that. So with four, I they'll I'll, I'll often do two kind of checking on each other, especially around a fence line or something like that. So I get a yeah. much better understanding of approach. I've had some really awesome experiences with trail cams in state forest. Mm. Um, you know, and, and for me, as much as it is great to see the animals on the camera, I, I think it's an, an, an excellent validation tool that your theory is working, yep. you know, that you've found, some what you think are active scrapes you've found what you think is active sign but you walk out of there not seeing a deer but you've put a trail camera up there uh, i did it last year found a, a an absolute cracking spot well i believed it was left it there went back again oh, six weeks later after the rut and went back and had a look at it deer preaching right in front of my camera it was just beautiful so it validates for me um, that my thought and theory about deer habitat is accurate um, and that's important for me. Yeah, look, um, I was chasing uh, pigs up on that block for two years before I finally caught evidence of them. Uh, you know, I, I saw signs or they're here somewhere. Finally got a bit of evidence from them and that was it. Yeah, I was like, wow. And in fact, the first animal I ever took of that block was a massive pig. And then I didn't see any other, well, that's really weird because I didn't see any evidence. And then maybe a year after taking that pig, I said, oh, so I'm getting pig sign again. And uh, mm-hmm. so they're here, you know, and the farmer would say, yeah, there's, you know, the property owner would say, yeah, there's pigs about, keep finding rootings and stuff like that. Lots of evidence, couldn't find them. And then once, bang, there they are, three little pigs. Found them and then, oh, there's three little pigs. There's got to be more. So that was it. So I've what one of the cameras I've got set up, up there right now is in an area that it's looking for pigs rather than for deer. Mm. Yep. Good. And, you know, and then you get all the, 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 uh, the, the, I suppose, bycatch like birds. And so like I set this camera up and there's foxes and there's hares and there's rabbits and there's wild dogs, a lot of wild, you know, wild dogs come through. Once I've got a deer went through with an ear tag in it. Hmm. I went, where did that one come from? Where did that deer from? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like number 33. So it wasn't like one. It was like, so that was, yeah. and there's nowhere, no close property in that area that's got deer on that property. There is a couple up there with deer, but there's none close. Not, and I mean, not to the point where they're, they're tagging deer. That, yeah. that, that that's a fair, that deer tra traveled a fair way. Interesting, um, isn't so it? It was. Yeah. Hang on, that deer's got an air tag in it. Look at that. Holy moly. Yeah, that, that camera I recovered last year had, um, which was really cool for me, it had, um, I think, 4,500 photos and hundreds and hundreds of animals. Mm. Uh, and like you say, it went from deer to pigs to dogs to owls mm. um, and all sorts of other. It had rabbits and yeah. uh, wild dogs and foxes. Um, but uh, what showed up on that camera for me that was exciting was red deer. So yep. it was a, an area of the park I'd only ever had fallow. I'd only ever seen fallow in. I'd only started hearing rumours that there were red deer in there. Excuse me. And here they were. They came. They came straight in front of the camera, red deer, and I was like, "Oh, how good's this?" Um, so anyway, it was a it was a nice recovery after twelve months. I, I fully expected it was going to be gone, uh, but um, yeah, it was nice to get it. So. Yeah. So there's there's a whole another world of accessories behind us, but that's kind of the building blocks for the kit. And those accessories are like plates, mounting plates, lights, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But from a video a point of view, um, that's a starting point. And I suppose to to close it out, if you're thinking about video, think about even with that one purchase using that and your phone how you can create a two camera recording opportunity so it's not just point and shoot it's you and two camera and if you and you know you can use your phone you can do all sorts of things but think about how you can create multiple camera angles yeah i agree and um you know so if you have your phone and something that can give you a bit more distance i think you're on yep. your way Action cams are cool, but your phone can do a lot of it. Get an yep. amount so that you can put it on a little Gorilla Grip. They're really important little accessories, and they're cheap. Um, and uh, sound. Sound is really important. If you're going to talk, make sure you get something. Lapel mic, dead cat, fancy bloody wireless things if you want to do it. Um, but get good quality audio because as soon as you point that thing away from you, yeah, generally you're not going to get good sound. Even with you know good cameras like these, these yeah. things have got a little microphone in the front that points forward. You know, it's not going to pick me up in the wind. Crosswind's going to kill it. If you don't have better quality audio plugged in, plugged yeah. in, you're going to ruin um, your opportunities to present a nice video. So, and that's it. That's exactly what this is. It's a shotgun mic. It's directional, so it's fantastic at picking up the ambient sound of what you're looking at. But if I'm talking it's actually pointing away from me unless yep. I'm, I'm unless I'm looking at that camera. That's it. So anyway, hopefully, okay. hopefully you all got something out of that. If you're budding video enthusiasts, we're not going to say we're experts, but this is our experience. This and is what we've learned. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got any questions, sing out more than happy to, to talk you through certain things, but, um, yeah, look out. You might see a couple of GoPros up on the, uh, pre-blooded yeah, page. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, there's a real possibility around that one. No, we said quality Garrett go up there. We can't go. Uh, can't go doing that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's enough for me. Okay, Thanks, buddy. Mate. No problem. Cheers. See you again, guys.